The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. This episode contains foul language, discussions about mental health, murder, and cannibalism. are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with a guest or just the two of us and we talk about something weird. And this week we are back, baby, with Helter Skelter Part 2. If you missed Part 1, you should definitely go back and give it a listen, but it is not immediately necessary in order to listen to Part 2, as these episodes are intentionally all over the place. We take weird topics that we find very interesting, but that didn't quite squeeze into previous episodes, and we place them all together in one big mish-mash sugar-smash episode. So tonight, we are continuing with some science psychology information put together with a little creepy crime... And we hope that you got your popcorn ready and are snuggled up in your blankie to enjoy it all with us. My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Hello. We're back. Hello. We are back. It is the same evening. (laughs) Same evening as part one, but you're hearing this way later, everybody. Uh, Hopefully. We so much to talk about. We did. So much to cover. And even in between these um, episodes, we had a lot of chit-chat. I know. We just (laughs) talked about TikTok for like 10 minutes. Uh, We had a lot of like, what's it called? Uh, Opening business? No. We did. What is that called? Uh, Uh, Housekeeping? (laughs) Isn't that what people call it? I guess it was just sort of like, you know, we've been gone for two weeks. We have a lot we have to (laughs) address. uh, People to thank. A lot has changed in the world. It was everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Helter Skelter, I think I said it on the last episode, sometimes my favorite episodes, I just like the variety of weird stuff in them. Yeah. And um, I, I feel like it's always, I don't know, I feel like I always get surprised when we do Helter Skelter episodes. I'm into it. We're always learning something new, and it's fun because it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't just fit under one category. We get to kind of travel all over the world, learning new topics, (laughs) and Ashley blew my mind on part one, so I'm very excited to hear the new things you've brought for this one, of course. Um, Before we get started, we do have a question for you guys, so... Every year for our finale, we go on a paranormal investigation, but this year... We aren't because it's not safe for us to do. And, it's so um, sad. It's not going to be safe for us to do in one month. So what should we do? Please help us. 
We are we at a loss. this question on social media literally tonight. Um, a lot of you want a long listener ghost stories, which we can certainly do. Mm-hmm. Some people said seance, but I've lived with enough demons. I'm not sure if I'd be super pumped to open up yet another door in another home. Yeah, I don't want you to invite any more demons <laughs> so in. Dumb. You have had enough experience, and I'm not ready to invite any demons in. Because that was another suggestion. I think it was actually my own sister, my own flesh and blood, said you guys should do a reading of the uninvited right before Julia. bedtime. It's like, get right out of here. I am not reading Did the you uninvited. listen to the episode? <laughs> well, what's funny is she did listen to it and she immediately texted me and said, Lauren, I think I want to read The Uninvited. She's mm-hmm. looking for an experience, which shows that we are just very different people. <laughs> we are just fundamentally not the same. Respect to her for wanting to do that, but hell no. I'm too yeah. scared. Oh, that's something that I should talk about. Oh, I'll do it real quick. So um, uh, after I say this, write us send us your um listener ghost stories obviously anytime we save them for future episodes and if you have a topic you want to hear us discuss or you have a cool idea for a finale slash special episode um give us a holler because we're kind of we're stuck we're open to any suggestions we're searching except for reading the uninvited that's what i wanted to talk about we (laughs) had a couple people write in um one listener and i'm so sorry i didn't ask permission to say their name so maybe i'll give them credit another time but one listener wrote in and said that she actually had experiences after listening to my uninvited episode which was like cool 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 um <sighs> that's the worst yeah that creeped and me then, out <laughs> and then my personal friend rachel i know i could say her name because i just decided i can um <laughs> she actually downloaded it like she read it like kindle version i believe and she read it in like a day she was texting me and she's like four chapters left two chapters left um and she did say some like very strange things happened but nothing like nothing too crazy yeah Yeah. stuff like cats were being weird at one point like uh, a mirror fell down which sounds like oh my god holy shit but then it immediately i believe immediately stopped uh whereas for me it, it continued for years so continued on and cursed your trailer for yeah, other people so <laughs> yeah it was pretty wild to hear that somebody even just listening to our episode had an experience like that shows there is a power with this book it does not affect everybody we've had some people be totally fine reading it listening to stories about it but man certain people just get hit a little bit yeah yeah the listener who wrote in said that she started hearing tapping on her windows or her siding or she heard I tapping um, it was definitely tapping yeah. that like she did not recognize as being like anything she could explain it was like this was bizarre and just the timing of it that it happened to be while she was listening to us mm-hmm. not a fan not um, a fan <laughs> do we have any more uh housekeeping I don't think so. We covered so much last week. I feel like it's all it's all in part one. I think we kind of covered where we've been, where we're going. There's only a few weeks left in the year as far as, you know, our scheduling for podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. That's crazy to think of that. We're wrapping up season four. Four. Oh, man. We only have, after this, we have two more topics, which guys, like, that's probably four episodes. You know who we are. Um, Right. And then our our big finale, our big special, which, um, you You guys are going to help us with. You guys uh, hopefully will (laughs) help us with because you love us and we need help. (laughs) 
A lot of people, another suggestion that was given was to do a cemetery as our investigation because it would be safer outdoors. And I do love that suggestion. And it's not like off the table, but I mean, it would still involve, you know, some close contact in a time when like cases are going up. So it does feel like a little scary, but also outdoors, they are still saying is the safest place to be. So it's not totally off the table. It's something we could we could think about. Yeah, we could think about it. Maybe we could do that. Let me get a sip of my water. Oh, yeah, I should hydrate. I'm really it's proud of the amount I did not belch in uh, I know. part one because I had you a PBR. Really kept, <laughs> you kept your burping together. As yeah. soon as you said you had a beer, I thought we were doomed, but yeah. you did great. I've been uh, better at at least turning my head. And here's the thing. Like, I'm the one that's got to listen to this shit. I'm the one that has to. <laughs> Ashley's doing all the editing. She has to listen Hear to it? her own burps. <laughs> Burp is a burp, but when you burp directly into a microphone, that oh you can hear the bodily functions happening. It is the like worst you hear thing. the stomach moving yeah. around. <laughs> the that was juices actually, are flowing. <laughs> that was something I posted in our Facebook group, which everyone should join. We have a lot of fun there. Um, about so our last listener ghost stories episode, the one that came out on October thirtieth, there was a a story that involved a, a ghost that farted. And I said in the episode, like, I can't wait to add the sound effects. Well, it turns out it was the the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I never, ever, (laughs) ever, ever, ever want to have to find a fart sound effect again because they're so gross. There were so many gross ones. And I had to listen to like 20 of them before I found one that like wasn't disgusting or wasn't too goofy or wasn't very obviously like a mouth. Right. And um, I posted in our Facebook group, if anyone wants to go check it out, I posted it's some of the hilarious. reviews um, for some of the fart sounds. Because when you get uh, sound effects from this website, you can leave a review for the sound. And they were very funny. Yeah, those reviews of the farts were absolutely hilarious. And you just knew, like, without even having to listen to them, like, that is going to be a juicy, horrific <laughs> fart that I don't want to listen to. <laughs> I like the review that was like, this fart is perfect, and then it had a heart at the end. (laughs) This fart is the love of my life, is basically (laughs) what they were saying, which you don't usually use those words to. You don't usually use a heart to describe describe a a fart. A fart. It rhymes. Um, Anyway, guys. Anyway, so sticking (laughs) with healthcare, I wanted to talk a little bit about humans and technology, and it started with my research last week into the DNA tags and um, my lifelong struggles with anxiety and what seems to be a very large percent of the population who deal with anxiety and depression and ADD and ADHD and bipolar disorder and OCD and so on and so forth, and... um, I see this a lot and it, it really upsets me. I, I see a lot of uh, boomers, if that's what you want to call them, look at that and think, well, millennials are just babies and they can't handle stress or right. they aren't mature, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why people won't come forward because yeah, they have parents and grandparents who are telling them that to toughen up. It's horrible. Older generations and, and, and mentally healthy people sometimes look at therapy and medication as a sign of weakness, which... It 1,000% is not. I think it takes a whole hell of a lot of strength and courage to admit that you need help. Um, especially if you live um, in in an environment where people are telling you that it's all in your head. Yeah. But 
It's not because we're babies. It actually probably has to do with evolution. Okay, tell me more. It took hundreds of thousands of years for sapiens to evolve into our current selves, into our bodies today. But our technology has exploded in like six decades. Uh-huh. The industrial age was only like 260 years ago, not to mention the internet. The World Wide Web was invented when I was two years old. I know. It's crazy when I think My about lifetime. like we were alive. Yeah, that we were alive for that. When the internet became available to the average person. So technically, in evolution standards, we as, as sapiens should still be rising with the sun, hunting, gathering, and living in very small communities. Like that's that where we should be evolution-wise, but we are mm. not. And there are several big ways that this con like contributes to our everyday lives and our health. For example, um, and this one's pretty obvious, but it is a, a good example. A lot of people on planet Earth suffer from headaches as well as back, neck, and jaw pain. A lot of people grind sure. their teeth when they sleep or they clench their jaws, etc. And um, this is because of the amount of time we spend looking down at our devices. It's called text neck. Oh, Text neck? Text neck is what. Okay. That's the professional term. Um, no, but that's what they call it, text neck. And it seems pretty obvious. Like, yeah, your neck gets sore when you look down, but there's actually a, a really interesting uh, reason for that. So evolution has made it so that our spine, the actual bones in our spine, are supposed to be what supports our 8 to 11 pound heads. But when you do look down, our muscles now have to support or 8 to 11 pound heads, which then uh -huh. puts unnecessary strain on those muscles that aren't supposed to be working that often. So the neck and the upper back, and especially our upper esophageal muscles, mm -hmm. which leads to pain, obviously stiff neck, sore back, but also your jaw. Your jaw starts getting involved. So again, that one's pretty obvious, so we'll get to some that aren't as obvious. This one is my new favorite. I've been telling all of my friends about it <laughs> because ever since I started doing this, my life has improved so much. I've been doing it for like a week and a half. It's my new favorite thing. So our bodies are designed to need, need natural sunlight, especially first thing in the morning. A lot of us, especially in isolation when we're unemployed due to COVID, hello, me, may not right. even see natural light in a day, much less like first thing in the morning. So we all know we're supposed to get out. First and foremost, the sun provides vitamin D. Uh, vitamin D allows you to more effectively use calcium. It improves your immune system. It helps prevent cancer. And it's actually important for our brain function. So like, please go see the sun. Yeah. But it's so helpful. Like even like not even just knowing the science. I feel like if anytime I'm sad, if I just walk outside and feel the sun for a little, I'm like, okay, well, right. helped a bit. Yeah. <laughs> even if it just makes you feel like a small insignificant worm, which totally. you are. Um, it but sort it's of something. Yeah. Probably a little feel uplifting feeling. Smaller. And this is what's crazy. So when it comes to our eyeballs, our eyes contain photosensitive cells in our retinas. And stimulation of those cells comes from sunlight, not bathroom lights, not computer screen lights. It has to be sunlight. 
It's just same okay. as photosynthesis. It has to be sunlight, UV, lights. So these cells in our eyeballs directly affect the brain's hypothalamus region, which controls our biological clock. And this influences oh. our circadian rhythm, which turns out is crazy important, not just for our sleeping patterns, but also our hormone regulations, our reaction time, and our everyday like behavior. Well, damn. Okay, sunlight. So when you get natural sunlight first thing in the morning, you've kickstarted your circadian rhythm. And that sunlight is going to cause a domino effect that makes your brain produce melatonin when the sun goes down. Melatonin, for anyone who doesn't know, is a sleep hormone. It helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. We love it. So you can spend $10 a month on melatonin gummies to eat before bed that may not even Which work. I've done. They've never worked <laughs> yeah. for me. Same. It's been a waste. Or you can just do what I've been doing, which is taking a morning walk around the block first thing, and I've been sleeping like a baby. I have slept every single night. I fall asleep almost immediately. It's great. That's the only thing I've changed. Yeah. The nights when I get good sleep, I've started to notice the pattern because I have those nights where I'm just up with anxiety and I can't figure out what got me down. But the days when I go either out of my balcony or in our little side yard and I do a workout and I'm in the sun for just like 45 minutes to an hour, whatever, those are the nights. I mean, also probably because I worked out and exhausted my body, it makes me more tired. But I think the sunlight has a lot to do with it too. Just having that outdoor time or even- you know, even after the workout, I'll usually like sit on the balcony still and enjoy like coffee or my water bottle, whatever. And it helps. It helps, guys. The only change that I have made in the past week and a half is when I wake up now, I wake up, brush my teeth, throw my contacts in, put on a sweater because it's kind of chilly in LA, feed the cats, make the coffee, and immediately pour myself a cup and head out the door. And I walk for... Anywhere from like 20 to 30 minutes, I listen to a podcast or I listen to a book on tape and I go back home. That's all I do. I, it's not a strenuous walk. I'm strolling. Oh, I'm point, just good I'm for I'm pointing the soul. at my neighbors and I'm like, bah, bah, bah. well, the thing is, is it's not even just, it's literally, it's a physiological thing. Like the sun hits right. my retina and it's those, That's what's it's getting the you cells going. Yeah, in my body. Wow. That's what I always thought. It's like, oh, it's good for my, you know, it makes me right. feel good. It's like, no, literally your body actually needs it. We'd also sleep better if we avoided screens before bed too, but I'm going to well, take it one step at a time, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut that out next, but yeah. it's going to be tough. That's the second part of our circadian rhythm. When the sun goes down, that's when our melatonin i've noticed i'm getting sleepy earlier because my body knows like melatonin time and it makes right. the melatonin but then i flood my eyes with fake light and my body's like what I is know. happening i'm on tiktok for hours or i'm watching a true yeah. crime documentary for hours i watched the documentary on the nexium cult both of them before you ask me if it was hbo max or hulu <laughs> both of them until wee hours of the morning when i did not need to so Dear Lord, I need to cut that out. It's so bad. I stopped watching The Vow because I got tired of it. And I haven't watched Seduced yet. I don't know if I should because... I liked Seduced better. I feel like that's a hot take. I feel like I might get some hate. No, I've heard that everybody, a lot. I loved the Hulu one, Seduced. I thought... I watched all of The Vow, don't get me wrong, but I thought it felt a little repetitive after a while. And it was oh, sort of like, okay... It? 
Could we have reduced this to be a little shorter? But with the seduced one on um, Hulu, I felt like each episode I was excited to learn more. Also because they were basing it more on like one person's journey through it a bit more. And that was fascinating to see like where she started, where she ended, how her family was affected. And I don't know. It was good. I might watch that one. Isn't it four episodes? Yes. Either four or five. Probably four. I enjoyed it. I have a recommendation before I continue. Please. There is a documentary series on Showtime as well right now uh, about the comedy store in Hollywood. And it's fantastic. They go from when the store opened to literally today, pandemic time. And there's literally just like one episode I didn't like. Sorry, Joe Rogan. It was the Joe Rogan episode. Oh, boy. But essentially, it's they just kind of go through the history of the comedy store. You get to see interviews with a lot of comedians. Um, You get to see footage of like Jim Carrey as a kid performing or like Robin Williams before he was even on Morgan Mindy performing. Like it's really, really, really wonderful. And it was a nice little piece of history, and it made me really, really want right. to go back to the comedy store. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I've been there in so long. Same here. That feels like my early, like LA days, and early, like when I lived closer to Hollywood days. So that sounds fascinating. Yeah, I love it. So it's all about the comedy store. And it's about Mitzi Shore, for which, for anyone who doesn't know, okay. she owned the store forever until she died a couple of years ago. And and her son, obviously, is the famous Polly Shore, who owns it now. So perfect. Anyways, check that out. It's great. It's like seven or eight episodes long. But bringing us back, don't watch it right before bed. Don't watch (laughs) it right before bed. Close them peepers. (laughs) So another reason that we as a species might be experiencing an uptick in anxiety disorders is because of the internet. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, the Internet is a wonderful thing. We have so much knowledge at the tip of our fingers. But unfortunately, that actually might be making us dumber because (laughs) um, (laughs) we have all the information in the world, but we're not retaining any of it. Because why bother remembering something when you could look it up in 20 seconds? Right. No, that's that is valid. We're training our brains to not have to remember, too, because... You know, have you ever been there and been like, oh, who was that actress um, that was in that? I'll just look it up. I'll just look it up. And then you look it up. every day of my damn life. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, don't look it up. Like, think about it more. Think. It'll come to you. You have to use those muscles, those memory muscles. Mm -hmm. I try. I've lately, I've been trying to do that where I stop myself and I say, like, try to think of it first. Don't go straight to your phone. But then I just get too aggravated after a few minutes. But That's, I mean, yeah, now I'm trained to do that. I have IMDb. Let's go. So, yeah, we're not retaining any information. And um, also, this is interesting. You know, there are so many sites we can just scroll and scroll and scroll. You know, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. And have you ever read something and then kept scrolling and then found yourself thinking about it 30 seconds later and having to scroll back up to find it? Like, where where was that? That's because your brain is failing to keep up. Like, it's too yeah. much. Your brain cannot keep up with what you're doing because it's not wow. designed to. We have not reached that point of evolution yet. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. The internet is also a very negative place. There's a lot of cyberbullying in younger generations. I, fuck, in my generation, like, I get cyberbullied all the time. I was going to say, 
I I remember getting cyberbullied on, if anybody remembers, AOL Instant Messenger or oh, AIM. Yeah. The seniors at my school, like, would get – we everything would be fine at school, and then I'd get home, and these, like, random seniors that I barely knew would get on and start saying the most awful things to me because they could hide behind a computer. And now that's still happening, but just in, like, even crazier ways because it's much more public and on Instagram and on Twitter and – Oh gosh, I just I feel for these younger generations. They have it they so have it pretty hard. rough when everything is like in front of the world. And adults I mean, we can't even us who yeah, we experienced it, but we can't have any idea how it feels. What sure. they actually go through cuz most of their lives is online now. Yep. And like True. you said, it's so much easier to be mean or threaten violence when you have a screen that adds a layer of yeah. separation, especially when you can be a different person or hide your name and face. So yeah. it's toxic. Being a little bit of a coward. Yeah. yeah. But also as creatures, as, as animals, we are designed to function in certain ecosystems. And our brains are designed over, again, hundreds of thousands of years to be capable of being a part of a community that is X amount large. So the size of our village or even city, small city. And mm -hmm. as pack animals, we are concerned with our tribes, with our neighbors, our countrymen, our families, etc. So with the invention of radio, television, and especially the internet, we now know every single thing that's going on in every part of this country, in every part of the world. We have so much information. We have so much stimuli. We have so many neighbors to care about. Our tribe is mm -hmm. now billions of people, not yeah. just the people in our immediate surroundings. And again, I have to say, it's evolution. The jump in technology is insane we went through this and and we just our bodies have not caught up yet and we are not supposed to be aware of the details of hundreds of people's lives right we're not we're not prepared for that at all to handle yeah. that obviously so much. we will evolve our bodies are going to evolve to to handle that but it's going to take probably another hundred thousand years like, it's not going yeah. to be in, in any of our in immediate our yeah, generation's lifetimes when right. that anxiety is finally gone. Because the reasons humans are, are we have anxiety, like, just as, as a part of our life is that, you know, we had to used to be like, oh, whoa, wait, ho, like, is the tiger going to eat me? Or like, will I survive the winter? <laughs> sure. But it's just ever since especially the internet, but like pretty much since like the 40s, we have just grown and grown and grown. We continue to grow technologically, and but not evolution. You can't speed yeah. up human evolution. So yeah, we will evolve. We can see human bodies evolving all the time. It's one of my favorite things to actually look at. Like for example, lactose intolerance uh, or lactose yeah. tolerance is evolutionary because human beings are not supposed to drink milk from other mammals. And yeah. we're not even supposed to drink milk at all, like even our own milk um, into adulthood. We're not supposed to. But we're to. doing it. And it wasn't actually until a mutation in Hungary 7,500 years ago that adults started being able to digest milk. So that's that how new it wild. is. That that developed over time. Yeah. Like it wasn't initially there. That is so cool. So if you are lactose intolerant, you are the normal one. Right. <laughs> 
We're not supposed to. You're how humans are supposed to be. And the rest of us are just over here chugging away and don't know what's, don't know how we got here. And wisdom teeth are another. Now, today, one in four people are missing one or more wisdom teeth because humans don't need them anymore. So they're starting to disappear. And that first happened... Oh, I don't remember when that mutation happened, but it's actually most common. You can see that mutation in Inuit people in um, Canada, Alaska, and there's one other place. But yeah, so like, that's interesting. Interesting. Like what? Yeah, like why, how? That's very fascinating. And this is another thing I know, like last week I was saying. You know, the fact that we now know about transgenerational trauma, that's good that we know that. Now we can start to think about therapy for that or like treatment for that. And the same here, you know, it takes hundreds of thousands of years for our bodies to evolve. So this isn't something that's going to like all of a sudden go away tomorrow. It's going to be a very long time. (laughs) But we're not equipped to deal with the world we live in today. And whether you like it or not, it does take a physiological and psychological toll on us. But... There are ways to help our bodies function better, you know, like getting that early morning sunlight, that early morning walk or working on your posture or cutting down screen time. And hopefully this next generation of psychologists and and therapists are going to be trained, like actually trained in our physiological bodies and their functions so that treatment for mental health disorders can be more efficient. Right. It literally is a matter of... Uh, us not adapting to our environment so it's being too overwhelmed yeah so that would be i think really beneficial like if you were going to college to be a psychologist and you had a course in the way technology affects our brains yeah and this specifically so you can hit those moments with people and like help them specifically with the amount of technology they're consuming and Mm -hmm. how it's affecting them yeah, because you hear so that all true. the time about, oh, like it, you know, rots your brain or, you know, too many social. But like if you actually research what is chemically taking place in your body, it really sort of makes you go like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. That makes way more sense than just it will rot yeah. your brain. That it's makes like, the difference. No, no, no. Being told not to watch too much TV by your parents because it's rotting your brain was not helpful in any way. But like to actually learn the science and then build upon that, like you were saying, is so... That's going to be so beneficial in years to come. And that's awesome to know that they're figuring that out and they're working on that. I've been told my whole life when I'm not able to sleep or I'm feeling really like crummy for no reason. It's like, well, get outside, get outside. And that doesn't do anything for me because I'm like, what is different about being outside than being here in my apartment? You didn't know that there was something happening. Yeah, when you can actually show me exactly what happens to my body Mm -hmm. when I do that, then it's like, well, that fucking makes sense. Like, why did you tell me that? That makes the difference. It's like the teachers Um, would always say on your math test, like, give me the answer, but also show me your work. And we need that as adults. Show me your work. Show me the why. How did you get to this answer of me needing to step outside? How did you come to this conclusion? (laughs) Why do I what have to go is outside? out there? Because to me, it seems like nothing good <laughs> is happening out there. Oh. And I'm safe here. So that's No, you're it. so right. Human beings it. and technology, there's so many things our bodies do that are amazing. And that, you know, there are things that we don't need anymore that evolution is going to get rid of. And then there's new right. things that we like need that evolution is going to have to give Catch up us. With. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is fascinating. I'm so appreciative for you sharing that. 
um, sad that I'm like really gonna switch gear. <laughs> I was gonna say, bring us down into a terrible story, but you know me and my true crime. Um, and this one is interesting. It's not like the normal true crime I would do, but I'll tell you like how I got here in the first place. So okay. it wasn't even for this Helter Skelter. Like I knew you can kind of pick anything for Helter Skelter. Our past stories, find a brand new one. Like we can, the world is our oyster, which is fun. But I was actually looking for news stories for our newsletter because each month that's kind of like one of my little spiels. That's my thing is I put in news stories uh, for you guys if you're a patron, which you should be. A little side note. Get on there. What you should be. Because <laughs> um, we used to do our show on YouTube this week in Weird and we loved bringing the weird news stories. So now that's kind of like our other outlet. So on Wednesday, October 14th in Oklahoma at McAllister Regional Hospital, a 28-year-old man arrived. He was just dropped off. They didn't see who brought him. And he came limping in, like clutching at his crotch, bleeding like crazy, saying uh, that he had just had a surgery done to him at somebody's home in Worcester, Oklahoma, on Monday, October 12th. The patient told the hospital that someone had removed his testicles. And uh, the victim was also informed while he was there that the plan by the two men who removed his testicles was that they were going to eat them and they wanted him to join them and participate in cannibalism altogether. So the hospital's freaking out. They're trying to treat this man and save his life because he's bleeding out and he's like pale as ever. But they're also calling the county sheriff's office saying um <laughs> we have an uh, issue excuse me <laughs> like nobody's with this man so we don't know like who did this we're trying to get the story while also saving his life but you need to get down here and the man's name still hasn't been given to the public we just know he is a 28 year old man from virginia but this is how it all went down before you feel too bad for the guy he is still a victim my goodness this is horrible but when we finally learned the story we hear that this anonymous man on September 28th in Virginia uh, booked a flight to come to Oklahoma and meet this man who claimed he had 15 years of experience doing castration procedures. This man was, he was searching for a castration. And before mm -hmm. anyone says, like, why would you look for that? We've sort of talked about this before on our bodies episode when we talked about eunuchs. We had a eunuch on the show who was, he was born that way, but I think he like briefly touched on how like some people do want to become eunuchs. It is a thing. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, like for sexual pleasure, people try to build it up to be this like world of sex. It's not, it's actually the opposite. It's like they're, they're not trying to be transgender. They just want, you know, they want their testicles taken off. They want that taken away from them. They want to be a eunuch that. That is just what they desire. They don't want to be like the man they were created to be. It's something that's in them just the same way if you feel like you were, you're a different gender put in the wrong body. You know, something feels wrong on them and they want this taken away. But sadly, like you can have a procedure done by a professional to have your testicles removed. It's normal. But most people feel so strange about wanting mm. to be a eunuch and they feel shamed that they go to these super sketchy internet sites and find assholes like this dude that I'm going to talk about. This guy who you're paying cash is not going to yep. ask questions. No. He's Whereas like, a doctor oh, would do be it. like, okay, can we get you a therapist? You can talk about this. You can at least discover within yourself why you don't want you know what i mean it's like well that is a lot of hard work that i don't want to do i just want you to take my balls 
Yes, exactly. They're just trying to look to get like to their goal as quickly as they can. And they're like, this will be sort of under the radar. I don't have to be embarrassed going to an actual hospital. I don't have to do therapy, yada, yada, yada. So he is searching for this and he finds this website uh, called the Eunuch Makers. I believe it's on the dark web. It doesn't say that specifically, but it sounds like he was kind sounds of going like down that way. route. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's just like, like your no, first. It's actually a part of, uh, you can find them on Google, Google Business. Page one of Google Business. It's like the first thing that pops up. So he finds these eunuch makers and he, you know, starts telling them his desires. And then they even have like a Skype session. They talk for a couple of weeks. And then, uh, yeah, so he meets this man who says, I have 15 years of experience. I have videos I can send you of these procedures. Like, I have been doing this for a while. Just come see me in Oklahoma. So again, on September 28th, he books a flight. Um, and also this man tells him, the surgery will actually not cost you anything. I just like getting these under my belt. Like, it's enjoyable for me. So also that is a huge red flag. So the victim flies to Dallas-Fort Worth Airport on Sunday, October 11th, and he's picked up by a man who is named Bob Allen, and they arrive at Allen's secluded cabin in the woods in Worcester in Oklahoma very late at night, and at night they just kind of talk about what's going to happen the next day, how this is going to go down, Bob tries to make him feel comfortable, and then they go to sleep in separate bedrooms, again, it's like this, there's nothing sexual, nothing too crazy yet, and so they go to sleep, and the next day, um, Bob Allen wakes the man up and says, let's do the surgery tonight at 5 p.m. And as promised, the procedure took place 5 p.m. and took about two hours to complete. The victim described to police that he was laying on a wood table covered in operation gowns. Um, Allen prepped him by wiping his groin, then injecting the area with numbing medication. The victim was awake the entire time while his scrotum and testicles were removed with surgical equipment mm. by Bob Allen and his partner, Thomas Gates, both men in their late forties. And Allen was the main guy doing the surgery. And then this Gates guy was like handing him the tools and just kind of like participating with him. So then the surgery happens and the victim is sort of saying like, okay, what happens next? Then Bob Allen out of the blue says, now we are going to consume your parts because we are cannibals. And uh, what is the <laughs> response of the victim? Oh, no one shared Nobody this shared with that. me prior to this moment right now. That was, not, that was not discussed previously. But at the previously. same time, like, okay. I know, but also it's like if all you, to an extent you're like if all you wanted was the castration, like can't they just do whatever the hell they want with it? But also, no, that's disgusting, and I hate everything. But that's where well, he was. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, go on, go on, go on. No, what are you gonna say? You might have well, a good. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, I'm saving it because I want to see what you have to say next. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So. Bob Allen basically is like standing there saying, sorry, we didn't say this before. Like we try not to creep people out or turn them away. Like you're in good hands with us. The procedure went well, but we actually do consume the parts when we're done. And he said, uh, the victim said that like he had a crazy look in his eye. Him and Thomas Gates were even laughing and joking about like past people they had worked on, how like some people got weird with them and they had to... No. You know, give like hold them down a little more. Like the conversation is starting to get creepy. It's weird that they're laughing. 
Um, And then Bob Allen describes a man who he actually left opened up to die and bleed out overnight because he was saying that he was going to go to authorities. So Bob Allen then starts to turn from his laughing and his talking about his lifestyle as a cannibal into sort of threatening, saying, you know, if you're not okay with this, you better speak now because this is what's going to happen. Um, I can show you like these videos that I told you I have these video procedure videos that I can like let you know what's going to happen. You just kind of tell me how you want this to go. So the victim's panicking, doesn't want to die and just sort of says like, no, stitch me up. I'll just rest here and recover. I'm fine. I won't tell anybody like just freaking out. So then on Tuesday morning, October 13th, the victim wakes up and has a lot of bleeding because, of course, the procedure was not done correctly to the surprise of no one. And he is passing out over and over. He keeps waking up and then passing out, waking up and then passing out because he is just bleeding like crazy. So he calls for Bob Allen, who argues with him for a while, saying, like, I really don't want to take you to a hospital. We're under the radar for a reason. But he's like, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. Just please drop me off. You don't have to come in. I won't tell anybody. So he finally agrees to take him to this McAllister Regional Hospital where he ends up. During the drive, Bob Allen still is, like, looking into the backseat and telling him, if you die or you lose consciousness, I'm dumping you in the woods. Like, I'm not dealing with this shit. You will get dumped in the woods and no one will ever find you. And luckily they make it there. The victim still has consciousness. Um, And he says, if anyone asks you, you did this to yourself. Because, again, sadly, self-castration is a pretty common thing. And authorities would believe that because people want to become eunuchs bad enough. They'll do it to themselves and they won't even seek the help of somebody else. So they were like, say you did this to yourself. Goodbye. And they drop him off. Um, But now once the victim is explaining this to the hospital and to police, the sheriff's office is able to get a search warrant for the Worcester home because luckily this guy had enough of a memory to describe exactly where it was. So they go search the cabin. Alan and Gates are not there, but they do a full search where they find multiple storage devices with recordings of the procedures that are just like heinous and horrible on three different laptops, numerous crazy medications that they have no idea how they obtained. And then in a bedroom, there were bags of mushrooms in a locker to, again, it's not shocking. Of course, they were probably doing doing some drugs. There's a medical bag full of utensils and then a resealable plastic bag inside a deep freezer with what appear to be testicles. And then another bedroom had syringes and adult diapers. And the bathroom had a small tub with what appeared to be dried blood all over it. So things are just looking rough. They immediately know yeah. they're... In the middle of a horror movie. It sounds like um, fucking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. Right? That's what I was thinking. Just doing this search and just finding, ugh, the most horrific things. The living room had two flash drives, restraint straps next to the medicine cabinet, a sheet yep. with a needle, and a bloody Still dog pad. Still sounds like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Still sounding correct. Still on brand. <laughs> and bloody dog pads were found in the trash. Then deputies, during their search, deputies were told that, like, as they're in the house, they get word that Bob Allen and Thomas Gates are at the hospital trying to visit the victim. They, I guess, felt convicted in some way and wanted to go see how he was. Maybe they were thinking they could stay under the radar and just seem like strangers. They're going to threaten him. Probably, but also I don't think they knew how much he had said already, and so they just, they were feeling bold, so they go there. But the McAllister police officers get word And they take both men into custody. They rush over there and are able to get them. Obviously, with everything they found in the creepy cabin, they have enough to go on. So 
They transported um, Allen and Gates both to the sheriff's office for booking. They are currently jailed with $295,000 of bail each. Nobody has made any attempt to bail them out. The victim is still hospitalized, but is expected to make a full recovery. And thank goodness. And the two men will be charged with, I wanted to go over all their counts because there's a lot, conspiracy to commit unlicensed surgery, practicing medicine without a license, maiming, unlawful use of communication facility, distribution of controlled dangerous substances, assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, failure failure to bury a dead human member, which that was interesting. I looked into it like if they do perform this surgery, they're expected to, you know, throw it out or bury it or just dispose of it properly. But because they were keeping it in a bag with intent to eat it, you know, of course they get in trouble. Um, Possession of controlled dangerous substance and unlawful possession of drug paraphernalia. So nine different counts. Basically, they have no chance of getting out of this with the mountains of evidence against them, mostly being like the countless tapes and flash drives. They can't talk themselves out of anything. So these guys are going to go away for a very long time. They're disgusting, but thank goodness this man is going to make a recovery because it sounds like past victims were not as lucky. Yeah. So my question that I I bit my tongue on, I typed it up so I wouldn't forget it. (laughs) So uh, why? Okay. So they remove his balls. They sew them up. And then he's like laying there recovering. And then they walk in the room and they're like, by the way, we're going to eat your ball. Like, why did they even say anything to him about that? That's what I don't know. Well, and the victim told police that they were trying to convince him to be cannibals with them. That was the story he gave them. Obviously, we don't know if that's true. None of us were in the room and it doesn't sound like they recorded his procedure for whatever reason or maybe they did and just nobody has like talked about the tapes yet but his word was they were trying to convince me to participate with them because i guess the three of these men were kind of having a good rapport they were going back and forth like oh by the way like we were gonna we were thinking about having a beer and eating these balls right do you want to join and he's like wait what was the second part of that what uh what was that can you go back second part Rewind a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. They just like they felt some weird comfort with him. And so they brought it up. But I mean, it also sounds like it's not the first time they've brought it up with someone because again, they were kind of bragging and laughing about past victims who they're like, Oh, we let him bleed out on the table because we could tell we couldn't trust him. So I think that is their downfall is they were giving too much away of their desires and they need to hide that part about eating the balls. Yeah, fool me once. You know yep. what I mean? Shame on you. Fool me twice. That's on me. So like if they had already done this and then shared that information like, oh, by the way, like we eat these balls. Do you want to join us? And like the person freaked out. You'd think mm-hmm. that the next time they'd be like, hey, let's not even if we're cool. Let's never bring that up cool, again. Let's not ask him if he wants to join us, which makes me think either it is a fetish on their end. Yeah. The cannibalism, I mean, it obviously, the, it, there's some sort of fetish, yeah. whether it's a sexual fetish. It's a fetish, fetish for or, them. It's not a fetish for the yeah, guy getting so the castration. Part of the yeah. fetish might be having someone ingest their own sure. body. So, like, maybe that. I was also thinking, like, because I was like, well, just keep it to yourself. Like, and right. like, you already performed the surgery. You have the balls. All you have to do is let him heal and he's gone and you never have to see him again. But I mm-hmm. wonder if he said, like, that he wanted to, like, after they removed his balls and they were taking him away, if he was like, hey, I actually wanted to keep them 
And yeah. then they were like, oh, no, by the way, we, we consume we're, we're going to eat them. And that's totally possible because, again, we're going off the victim's word and maybe, like, he didn't want to admit, like, everything that went into this because he's already mortified. But there is a really good chance he said, what if I take these home in a jar with me? Like, we have no idea. And then maybe that's how the conversation came up, like you said. We don't know what went into all of this. And this guy was already, you know, embarrassed of who he wanted to be, which is why he sought out these awful men in the first place. So, like... I'm sure he wasn't being completely honest about everything that went down in their conversations. All he knew is he was bleeding out and he had to get to a hospital and these guys have some issues. There's a, there's a little bit of a disconnect with these dudes. So I'm glad, I'm glad he tattled. I'm sure he was terrified for his life knowing, you know, the way that they were threatening him. But I'm so glad he got these guys in jail before they could get more people because, Sounds like they already had quite a few under their belt and they're extremely dangerous. So, yeah, I agree. I'm glad that he spoke up and these guys are behind bars. And I I also hope that he is able to stay anonymous. Yeah, me too. I hope it doesn't come out who he is because it's it's just so scary. Yeah. But yeah, I I feel like we've read some pretty sick stories on the show, but what caught my eye about this was that this just happened. Like, I hadn't heard something this twisted in a minute, maybe, and I was like, wow, this was just last month. Like, they, the official, like, documents about them, you know, being in jail and what their charges were was on October 21st, so it's just, this is so recent. I yeah. When you first started telling the story, I was like, "Oh, everyone knows the story." Because I thought it was either the cannibal cop in New York, uh huh, who apparently lived in the same building as John Mulaney, which is interesting. What? <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Or that uh, there was that other cannibal, the guy who basically met the guy on Craigslist, and yep. it was like a sexual thing, and he was like, "Yeah, the guy like, entered into it knowingly." And we're going to eat it together. And the guy was like, okay. And then he ended up not only cutting off his penis, but like stabbing him to death. Right. It was like the guy agreed and said, yeah, let's cook my penis and eat it for God knows what reason. But yeah, then he ended up just getting brutally murdered. It it was also on tape, which is that seems to be part of the fetish is like, I'm going to castrate you and tape it. That is now that's a consistency I've seen. It's very interesting. Fetish means um, something that's done for pleasure. It doesn't necessarily right. have to be sexual pleasure. So if you hear us sure, saying fetish, like please don't automatically think we're talking about like sexual fetishes because right. there can be other fetishes that don't cause sexual arousal. Absolutely. And that's another like interesting point to this whole story is that clearly these two guys did have the fetish, but this other guy, like for him, it doesn't seem, it didn't seem like this was for pleasure at all, more just of this is the way he wanted his body to look, almost like a plastic surgery, like, thing. And so it just sucks for him that he got caught up in this. And But at the same time, that's what you get on the dark web. Like, it's True. scary. I think it's actually, um, if it's not sexual, I think it's actually called fixation. Ah, Okay. I don't know. Who fucking knows? You know what? Those words are going to change in 10 years anyway. It's very true. So just write me a letter when they do. (laughs) Be offended in 10 years and tell us (laughs) the correct language. I will say whatever word you want. I'm so, so easy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, So So there we go. Thank you for that. You're welcome, everybody. I'm going to go eat a snack. 
and try not to think about testicles in my mouth. I know. I I feel like I'm always the one to really have the true crime downers. But man, I have a weird a fixation, if you will. Mm. But that wasn't really a downer. Downers are when it's like, um, this girl was was brutally murdered and killed. And and it's like, well, that fucking, that's the worst. But like this one's like, he survived. They're in jail. We're fine. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's a good ending. Uh, Well, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you guys so much, as usual, for tuning in and listening to the show. Um, Join us next week for an episode we are very excited for. We're going to be discussing women throughout history that you should know. Yeah, probably don't. If you would please follow us on social media at Keep It Weird Cast across all platforms. Across that's a Midwest thing. <laughs> it is such a Midwest across. thing to say across. <clears throat> across all platforms. Join our Facebook group if you want to get in on some fun games, meme sharing, and just gaining a ton of weird, sweet friends who are always there for you when you need yes, them. You do. Check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash podcast if you want to receive bonus episodes every month along with newsletters and discounts on merch. Check out our Etsy store at uh, etsy.com slash shop slash podcast if you want to get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie or sweatpants or even a blanket. So cozy. It's winter. The coziest blankie. Yes. Curl up. Um, check out. Nope, I already said that. Join us next week. Nope, I already said that too. Um, that's all, folks. No, we need <laughs> to all, say something encouraging. What's some good advice for this week? Well, you know what? Take a walk. Go outside. Yes, take a walk. <laughs> we now know that scientifically, the sunshine will help you. So go outdoors. What were take you going to say? I mean, everyone, take good care of yourself and have grace with yourself. But also, I got a lot of encouraging messages during, you know, all the anxiety-inducing election coverage and just news in the last couple of weeks from people saying, hey, I'm sure it's really tough to try and control your anxiety while raising a little human and not trying to let them know you're anxious. So I just want to encourage you in that. And so when I was getting those messages, that made me want to pass it on to any of you parents feeling like you're just doing the bare minimum and keeping your little one alive and, you know, loving on them, reading them books. That's wonderful. Just keep Keep loving your little ones. Keep raising them to be the best little people and just know that even if you're anxious and hurting inside, like if you're still being there for them and just getting by, you're doing the best that you can and they still adore you and love you and we're all just doing the best we can and you can do this. History is full of mothers who are doing what they can. You know what I mean? Like doing the bare minimum and by bare minimum, I just mean like, are your kids alive and yeah. do they know that you love them? Yes. That's literally check, check. all you need That's to raise a kid is you have to keep them alive and they have to know that you love them and that you're, you've are you got their back. That's it. Yep. Everything else is just bonus. Yeah. It's okay if you're not doing the perfect schoolwork and if you have to give them some screen time, screen time so freaking be it. Do what time. you have to do to survive. Like they're going to be happy. We'll speed up this whole evolution shit. If we get these babies on their computers. Get the babies on the screens, everybody. (laughs) No, you're all doing great. Show the dancing radishes. Show them. All of you parents, you're killing it out there, but all of you non-parents too. Just love yourselves, take care of yourselves, go take a stroll outside, and keep it weird. And keep it weird. 
I don't have a butt. I don't poop. <laughs> <laughs>